as legislators, as public officials, I think we really have a responsibility to look years and years and generations down the road, really, because we're all right now benefiting from the forward thinking of people who were in our positions many years ago and sometimes generations ago. This week, the legislature's Executive Appropriations Committee met to review state revenue estimates from our legislative fiscal analysts, as well as adopt preliminary components of the 2023 state budget. Next month, when the legislature convenes in the annual general session, the House and Senate will use these recommendations to form the initial framework for the state budget. Representative Brad Last, the House Chair of the Executive Appropriations Committee, is here to discuss with us what reports the committee heard this week and how their actions will impact the state budget this coming session. Representative Last, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, Edwards. Always nice to be here. So this December meeting of the Executive Appropriations Committee is a little more in-depth than the other interim meetings. Can you take a moment to tell us why decisions in this December meeting have such a large impact on state operations? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you know, we're getting ready for the 2022 general session, and uh, this particular executive appropriations meeting, we refer to them, of course, as EAC meetings, this meeting is to set the stage for the general session that's coming up. So there's a certain amount of work that has to be done. Obviously, our staff has a lot of things that they need to do uh, in order to get ready for the general session. And so one of the most important things that we do during this uh, December meeting is just approve final uh, revenue numbers, the consensus revenue numbers, uh, so that we know what we're trying to budget to, the numbers we're trying to budget to, just like you do in your own, in your own home. You have to know how much revenue is coming in before you can actually uh, set up your family budget. So that's what we do. We uh, accept the revenue estimates, and then we basically give our staff uh, the go-ahead to get ready to prepare the uh, base budget bills that we will pass on the 11th day of the session. Uh, those bills are presented essentially, or at least uh, made public on the first day of the session. People have a few days to look at them, and then on the 11th day of the session, we actually pass these base budget bills. So that's essentially the first step that we take in the budgeting process during the session. So that's why the uh, December meeting is important. We just have to take these final steps, uh, approve the numbers, approve uh, the revenue numbers, and give our staff instructions so that they can move forward. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that base budgeting process. Can you explain what exactly is a base budget, uh, and how does that budgeting process in Utah differ from what we might see at the federal level or any of the other states? Yeah. Well, uh, at the federal level, they don't believe in budgeting, so that's easy. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I'm not, ex I'm not uh, extremely familiar with what they do in other states, although I think typically what they do is they come into session, uh, they look at the money that they have to distribute you know, throughout the different departments of the state for the operations uh, of government in the state, and they just start you know, negotiating uh, what they're going to add or in the, in the unfortunate case of an economic downturn, what they have to subtract or take out of the budget. In our case, uh, what we do with the base budget is we essentially adopt a budget. Uh, oftentimes, it's very, fairly similar to the budget that we passed the year before. Uh, and this base budget becomes the place from which we then start uh, adding and subtracting uh, to the budget. And uh, the reason it's important, I mean... This gives us the opportunity to pass a budget early enough in the session 
that the governor, uh, who then receives the, the bill after the House and Senate pass uh, the, the base budget bill, the governor has a certain uh, amount of time to sign or veto the bill. So the way that our base budgeting process is set up, the governor has to do that before the session is over. If he chose to veto our bill, then we could come in and take action on the budget to make sure that, uh, that we you know, didn't go into the next year without a budget. Uh, and then if the governor passes the budget, which almost always happens, uh, then you know, we're in a good place, uh, even if the, the uh, uh, House and Senate and the governor couldn't come to agreement on any, anything else. At least we have a base budget so that the functions of government will go forward. So the base budget basically acts as this fail-safe that, that yeah. if all else fails uh, and negotiations stall out during the legislative session, at least we have something that's going to keep the lights on yep. for the state of Utah for exactly. the next year. Yeah, that's a, that's a real good way to look at it. The difference, of course, in recent years is that we've just had a very unusual circumstance of, of having a lot of money. Uh, and in recent, the last couple of years, the reason for this is largely because of the federal money that's been coming into the state. Uh, the thing that that's done is that it's, it's put a lot of money in people's pockets. And because people have money, they spend money. So our sales tax revenue, for example, have been incredibly strong. Uh, our income tax uh, are, has been pretty strong as well. So we've had a lot of money, more than I've ever seen really in my uh, 20 years in the state legislature. And so executive leadership, both House and, S and Senate, uh, felt like it was important, and, and this has happened over the past couple of years, felt that it's important to uh, essentially take some of that money off the table. In other words, instead of going into the session uh, with a big pot of money that everybody thinks we can, you know, spend for whatever, uh, that the House and Senate leadership have said, what are the things that we have to do? We know we're going to have to do these things. Uh, and why don't we go ahead and fund those things in the base budget? And, and then we can talk about all of the other money that we still have to spend throughout the session. We can, we can add to and in some cases subtract from what we do in the base budget. So it's really, I think, as much, uh, uh, as, much as anything, it's um, trying to manage expectations, helping people to understand that, yes, while we have a lot of money, there are still a lot of obligations that we still have to meet, and we're just going to do some of those things up front. These are things which I would say are basically non-controversial, not things that uh, we're going to have a lot of argument about and that people... Uh, as a whole, uh, or, or generally speaking, I wouldn't say as a whole, but generally speaking, throughout the body of the House and Senate, uh, feel pretty good about funding those things up front because they know we'll have to do them during the session anyway. So it sounds like a lot of these different adjustments and allocations that were made during the EAC meeting, these are things that the legislature recognizes that we need to spend money on, uh, that officer retention and tax cuts uh, right now during this uh, potentially challenging economic time. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's important to understand that this is a step. Um, it's, it, you know, it helps us going forward to have this done, I think. I mean, having been involved in putting the budget together quite a few times, it, you know, it makes it easier to have this base budget in place. Uh, certainly doesn't mean that there can't be adjustments to the base budget. I mean, we may find, uh, we may get information between now and the time the session starts that, lead us to believe that it makes sense to change the base budget uh, 
And we use we do that through supplemental appropriations bills that are passed uh, later on in the session. And and the work of the the sub appropriations committees too will play into this. I mean, they may uh, they may feel that the recommendations of the executive appropriations committee are you know need some adjustment. I don't know how else to say it. And and they may recommend something else. And of course, in the end. The, the full body of the House and the full body of the Senate and the governor all have to sign off on whatever is done. So this is just a step, and, uh, you know, it, it is, I think, somewhat for efficiency, but we're not, uh, we don't mean to sidestep the process. Uh, all legislators in the state of Utah have the opportunity to weigh in, and, uh, and we will make adjustments based on what the uh, majority of the House and the majority of the Senate want to do. Yeah. So it sounds like this is a really good starting point for us to, yeah. to start there at the beginning of the general session and work from this base budget. Um, like you said, $160 million set aside for tax cuts, uh, some increases in officer and state employee compensation mm-hmm. to help with our workforce at the moment, I- increase in social services spending. Um, it all sounds like a, a fantastic place to, to work from. Well, I think so, but hey, I'm the I'm the chair of executive <laughs> appropriations, so what am I going to say? <laughs> so I, w- I would love to talk just a little bit about that federal funds that we're seeing here. Can you talk a little bit about all of those different federal dollars that the state of Utah has received over the last essentially two years uh, and where those monies currently stand in the system? Sure. So basically there's been a couple of different pots of money. Uh, the CARES Act is is the first big pot of money that we got after uh, after it looked like COVID was going to be a real thing and was going to have an impact. Um, we've also received some FEMA reimbursements, and and most recently we have what's you know ARPA money is the way we refer to it, but American Rescue Plan Act. So we we have received a, a lot of money there, and. We, uh, with respect to the, the CARES Act money, that money is essentially all, all spent. Uh, there's, there's just a few probably invoices that we haven't received yet or something like that, but uh, that money is largely gone, and uh, we, you know, we uh, are moving on to dealing with other things. The FEMA money that we've, re- that we've received, and again, it's, it's millions of dollars, but the, the FEMA money... Uh, 148 million. It looks like that's that's a direct reimbursement, and so uh, that 148 million dollars is now uh, has has been spent. With respect to ARPA, we have about 1.4 billion dollars that we have received, or that we that that has been promised to us, if you will, or been given to us. Uh, at this point in time, we have allocated uh, 571 million dollars of that. Now, that doesn't mean that we've spent it. Basically, we decided what, what are some of the big pots that we should be putting uh, our money into. Water development is a, is a good example. Uh, but we divided that $571 million up uh, among, among several big pots. And then we, and we have appropriated some of that money. But of that 571, we have only spent to date uh, $154 million dollars. Uh, so we still have, say, $1.2 billion yet to spend. Um, but d- what we will do during this next session is we will probably allocate more of the $1.4 uh, billion and uh, we'll, 
We, again, we'll look at those big pots uh, that we have set aside, and we'll actually start releasing some of the money because up to this point in time, even though we've set the money aside in these big pots, we really wanted to have a general session of the legislature to decide more specifically about how we were going to spend that money. So that, that will be a big part of what we do. I'm sure that as the session ends this year, there will still be some money that's unallocated uh, because um, we don't have to spend this money uh, until the end of 2024. And, you know, a lot can happen in a couple of years. And I think that we also want to see what kind of a, what, what kind of a, a bang we're getting for the dollars we're spending. Uh, and so we uh, want to be a little bit careful about that. But that will be a big part of what we're doing this year. So in addition to still having a billion dollars of one-time money that we need to allocate, $200 million of ongoing money that we need to allocate from our own budget, we're also going to have this uh, huge pot of, of ARPA money that we need to allocate. So, you know, it seems like we've got a lot of money out there. It seems like we're sitting on the money, uh, but we just really haven't had an opportunity to deliberate yet. And uh, again, we want to make sure that with this unprecedented amount of federal money that's coming in, that we're able to take care of big, you know, generational type things that will help the state for years and years to come. What other budget issues do you expect the legislature may take up over the course of the next general session? Well, you know, we have a lot of big things going on in the state. Many of them already have a funding stream. The Inland Port is a good example of that. Um, the Point of the Mountain Commission and the entire Point of the Mountain Project is, a, is another good example of that. Uh, you know, as we, as we meet as, as legislative leadership and try to think about the things that are coming down the pipeline, what we try to do is look, again, at, the, at generational things, looking down the road 20, 30, 40, 50 years, wh what kind of challenges are we going to have as a state? And, you know, most citizens, I think, could probably name some of these if you, if you uh, live certainly on the Wasatch Front, even in Washington County where I live, uh, transportation is a major issue. So I think you're going to see a real effort uh, in, in public transportation. Rail, we talk a lot about the frontline uh, trains <coughs> from, you know, Utah County to, to Weber County. And at some point in time, we probably need to even extend beyond there. Water is, is becoming a, I don't know if I want to say crisis, but it is a huge concern right now. I just don't think you can have a conversation like this without talking about education. Uh, you know, education is just one of the most important things that we do. Our children are our future, and the you know the education, both at the public uh, education level and higher education level, uh, are are critical to the state. And as legislators, as public officials, I think we really have a responsibility to look years and years and generations down the road, really, because we're all right now benefiting from the, the forward thinking of people uh, who were in our positions many years ago and sometimes generations ago. We appreciate you and your foresight uh, that you and your committee have on these budget issues right now. Thank you, Representative Lass, for taking the time to join us. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Edward.